Um, well, good morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Sarah. Um, I'm born and raised here in North Gore. I went through all the local schools. Um, and I ended up staying local also for my university degree, actually. I went to Carleton University, and I have a degree in history and English. And it was while I was at university that I got, I got involved with a group called Power to Change Students, um, formerly called uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, our desire is that university and college students would know Jesus and experience his power to change the world. And we long for a day when no university student would graduate without having heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. This desire is not just for university students within Canada, but also for students around the world. And it's through P2C that I had the opportunity to go on three missions trips to the UK during my February reading weeks. Uh, reading weeks. And then there God grew my heart for Western Europe and for missions, so much so that I've had the opportunity to do two internships with P2C students, working with university students abroad um, in Copenhagen, Denmark, and then also within Canada this past year in Montreal, Quebec. Um, so what I'm hoping to do this morning is to give you a glimpse into what God's doing in Montreal, share with you why I'm excited to be continue working there, and also to share what God's been teaching me over the last year. Um, so let's get started, shall we? Uh, it's crazy for me to think about sometimes how a province so close to us here in Ottawa, a mere hour or less away depending on how fast you drive, is so vastly different from the part of Canada that I grew up in. Although Canada overall is becoming very much more a postmodern, post-Christian country, it's much more prominent in Quebec. During the 1960s, the Quiet Revolution occurred where Quebec went from being predominantly Catholic to very secular, with these effects still being felt today. If you've been following the news and you might have heard about Bill 21, or the secularism law that went into effect last Saturday, uh, last Sunday, sorry, um, and this makes it illegal for anyone uh, to, in a public position of authority, whether it be teachers or public servants or police officers, to wear any religious symbols while working on the job. That coupled with the fact that 99.3% of the population in Quebec have not had the chance to hear the gospel creates a sense of urgency within me and I hope within you of the need in Quebec for there to be more opportunities to hear of the life-changing message of Jesus and God's love for the world. Heading to Montreal was a little different from when I went to Copenhagen. In Denmark, we were pioneers trying to start up a ministry, whereas in Montreal, I was joining in with a city that has had a P2C presence for many years. In both places, though, the desire was and continues to be the same, to see how God is at work and be willing to be a part of it however he leads. My job this past year contained a variety of roles, one of them being discipleship. Concordia University, uh, which is right downtown, was my primary campus. Whether it was meeting with students one-on-one -on -one or in groups, talking about life and how faith intersects was one of my favorite parts to this year. I was really touched how God would use some parts of my own story to encourage the students I was meeting with. On numerous occasions, I could see God's hand at work and how he orchestrated our conversations. Another part of my job that I've loved this past year was helping with outreaches, whether at Concordia or John Abbott, Sejap, or College, um, which was the other campus I was on. It was exciting to see students stepping out in faith and talking with their peers about what they believe. On Valentine's Day, we showed a documentary at Concordia called Over 18, a film that looks at how pornography negatively affects society. We had put posters up all over Concordia's campus and it paid off. Angela, one of the students involved with P2C, started a conversation with a couple of students we didn't recognize who had come. She later shared how in talking with them, she found out one of them actually ed edits adult films as her job. Her and her friend have seen many different documentaries and are still figuring out their stance on pornography. It was really encouraging to know that 
this could be a life-changing moment for them. And another part to the puzzle piece of them trying to figure out what it is that they, how they feel about these. Another event we tried at Concordia, we called What the Fudge is Christianity. We handed out free fudge and invited students if they had the time to share with us what they thought Christianity was about. I think one of my highlights from that day was seeing many friends of the students already involved with P2C stop by our booth. Seeing them start conversations with their friends was encouraging, knowing that the conversations would continue past the day of just handing out free fudge. This was starting to create a safe, sp a safe place for them with their friends, where their friends know that they could come to them if they have questions or if they're just kind of wondering about God. Um, so now I want to take a moment and just introduce you to some of my friends that I've had the chance to meet this last year. Um, first, from Concordia, I'd like you to meet Tia. I met Tia back in September. She came to a barbecue we had at the beginning of the year for Frosh Week. She walked in and shared. Um, she sat down beside me and we grabbed some food and then we sat down. As we started eating dinner, she started sharing her story with me. Um, she shared how she was from the Toronto area originally and had grown up going to church but that she'd had some negative experiences that had left her feeling unsure about God and Christianity. And so when she moved to Montreal, she decided that she didn't really want to do anything with her faith. Um, she admitted to me that she wasn't even sure why she was there. And I told her I was really glad that she had come. She told me that her sister had told her about the event and she was kind of on a whim that she came. As we kept talking, she mentioned how she's wanting to kind of figure out her faith again and see how relevant it is. And so I was new to the city and I said, how about you come to church with me on Sunday? And she agreed. And this started a year-long friendship with Tia, one that I'm excited to see continue into the future. She came to church with me that Sunday and has kept going to a different church, but still church. She's connected with girls from within P2C and has found community there, even helping run worship some nights for our weekly meetings. Um, and I've just been really encouraged to see the growth and just to see God's at work in her life. She's also still asking great questions, like why does God allow bad things to happen? And I'm grateful to see that she's still wrestling and figuring out faith and making it personal. Um, and yeah, as I said, I'm really excited to see, um, I'm praising God for the growth I've seen in her this past year, and I'm also excited to see what God continues to do in her and through her in the years to come. Um, as I mentioned, I was on two campuses this past year. So the other school I was at was John Abbott College, or John Abbott Sejep. Um, and one of my favorite parts about this year was actually getting to hang out in a club space we have at John Abbott. So Sejep ministry is a little different than university ministry. Um, and the, Sej the college campuses often have clubs rooms for all the different clubs on campus. And so my Wednesdays were often spent sitting on the couches we had in our clubs room, just hanging out with students as they came in and out of classes and just being there for them. Um, and I remember one day in, I think it was February, um, a guy came into our room um, and one of our other students had invited him there. He came from a Catholic background. He kind of came in looking a bit distressed and then he left again and then he came back again and I was still in the room and I just asked like, oh, how are you doing? And he just started sharing with me how he um, was feeling really guilty and ashamed and that he'd made some really bad decisions in his life and he just couldn't get over the weight of that that was holding him back. And so I just sat with him and I just started sharing with him, oh, like, like those bad things, like there's still grace and like God still loves you and like there's forgiveness for those things that you've done. And I don't know what he did, but I was trying to just reassure him that there's still grace available to us. Um, and so it was, it was really cool. He, he listened, he responded, and he, he stuck around the rest of the school year, finding community with the other Christians, I think still wrestling with God, 
but I'm grateful that I could just encourage someone and remind them that God still loves them. Um, and I also want you to meet Alyssa. I meant to add an arrow. Alyssa is in that group photo at the back, unfortunately, but Alyssa is in that photo. <laughs> um, and so I want you to meet Alyssa as well. I met Alyssa in the fall at John Abbott. I met her briefly for our, our first weekly meeting, um, but then I met up with her again after our fall retreat, which is actually where that photo was taken at Silver Lake. Um, we grabbed lunch together on her campus and we started chatting um, and I started sharing part and she started sharing parts of her story with me. Um, she had recently made a decision to live for God and to choose Jesus as her savior, but had decided to take a break during her summer. And she started sharing how in her summer she had made some really poor decisions and felt really guilty and ashamed. Um, and the, the, son, the story of the prodigal son from John 15 came to mind, and so we turned to it, and as we started reading through the passage, tears start coming up in her eyes, and I'm a reaction crier, so I start crying as well. And I just turned to her, and I'm like, you know, like, that's how God's reacting to you right now? Like, the joy and the excitement that the prodigal son's father experiences as his son comes home, that's what God is doing for you because you've turned back to him again. And so she's a mess, I'm a mess. It was a great time. Um, but honestly, it really was, because I was so excited to be with her. She realized the love that God has for her and how there's nothing that can stop that love. Even when we turn away, God is still there ready to rejoice when we come back to him. Um, so why am I going back? <laughs> you might be wondering. Um, some of it is all those stories and the many other stories I actually don't have time to share with you. The number of students I get the joy of working with and partnering with and just being there for, yeah, they're, they're a big part of the reason why I'm going back. I think I know that one-year internships God uses, and I know he used our time in Denmark, and I know if I had decided not to go back to Montreal, God would have used this one-year internship as well. But I'm really excited because I see the benefit of really investing in somewhere and staying and being stable and just rooting down for a bit and just really investing in the place God's called me. I'm excited to continue working with the students I've met and the students I will meet, um, Lord willing, this fall. Um, and I'm excited to just equip them and to help them to learn how to live missionally. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm excited to help them so that whenever wherever and whenever God allows them to graduate and wherever he takes them next, whether it's be an engineer, a farmer, a pharmacist, whether he calls them into Christian ministry, I'm excited to help them learn how to live missionally and how their faith and life can intersect all throughout their life. Um, there's also one more student story I'd actually like to share with you that I think pushed me over the edge back in the fall to really start prayerfully considering joining staff. Um, I went out and did evangelism with um, one of our students at John Abbott, and um, we started talking to a student, um, and she started sharing how when she was 10 years old, um, she had a really bad experience, actually, with Christianity. Um, she shared with me how um, when she was 10, her grandma was dying, um, and this Catholic nun, whom I'd like to say is well-meaning, <laughs> um, told her to pray that her grandma would die faster so that her grandma would get to heaven sooner. And that made her look into the history of the Christian church in Quebec and in Canada. And she was like, I want nothing to do with this. And, oh, sorry. My heart broke. Thanks. My heart really broke in that moment, knowing that she has no idea of the God I love and serve. And there's walls now that have been put up 
that can't be easily knocked down. And so I think one of my favorite parts about my job, even though it leads to this, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really honored that one of my parts to my job is actually leaving people with good experiences of what Christianity is like and who God really is. And I'm not perfect. I know I make mistakes. And I know that I've probably hurt people unintentionally, which is why I really hope this person actually had good intentions behind what she said. But I also know that this province is hurting and really hates Christianity and God. And it's apparent by the law that was just passed last week. And I'm really excited to be able to go back and just be an example and to just show Christ's love to a part of Canada that, that really hates them right now. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of why I'm going back. Um, I want to say, um, I want to start off by actually just saying thank you. I should have put a slide in. Um, my church family coming back home means the world to me. My mom often will tell me, like, oh, so-and-so said hi, or so-and-so asked how you were doing. She passes along all those messages, and it means the world that I can come back home. And I know you guys are praying not just for me, but every student I work with, whether you know it or not. Because when you pray for me, you're actually praying for T Tia and Alyssa and Shayla and Kayla and every other person I interact with. Because by praying for me, you're praying that I can, I can help them and that they'll also know Jesus. So I just want to thank you for that because you, you supporting me actually supports every other person I interact with, whether it's officially with my job or just some person on the metro I see. Um, so how can you be helping? Um, prayer. As you've heard, there's been really cool stories of answered prayer from um, pray prayers that we've prayed, prayers that I've sent out in my updates. Um, so yeah, please be praying for me, for the students of Montreal. Um, prayer that God's spirit would continue moving. Um, if you don't have one, I have prayer cards. Um, they're out on the table just outside in the showroom. Um, they have my name, they have um, my contact information on the back. Um, I've also put magnets on them now, so if you want to stick it on your fridge, you can. Um, so yeah, please take one. These are for you to take um, so that you remember to pray for me, but then also all the students in Montreal as well. Um, the other thing, as I mentioned, is I send out uh, monthly updates, actually. So if you would like to receive those, I have a sign-up sheet on my table out in the showroom again. Um, so feel free to just leave your name um, and your email address, and I'll add you. Um, and then you can be receiving news about what's been going on, what events we're running, um, ways you can be praying for us, um, all those fun things. Um, the other thing um, that I'd ask you to prayerfully consider is maybe um, financially contributing. Um, I've been really encouraged meeting up with a lot of my friends and family and supporters over the last few months since I've moved back to Ontario for however long. Um, and I've been encouraged just by the number of people who have told me they enjoy partnering because they, they know they're not called to go, but they know that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And that just has really encouraged me coming home and hearing the stories of how people have been impacted. Um, so actually when I wrote this, uh, I was at 38%. Since then, I'm now at 39%, so praise God, that's cool. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm at 39% of what I need for recurring donations um, to be able to return. Um, so I was just ask you, would you prayerfully consider becoming a monthly or an annual donor? Um, it's a miracle I did this. I did do some math, which says a lot because I'm a history major. Um, so I did a little bit of math, though, and if eight families gave $25 a month, four families 50, and two families 100, I would be at 
Um, and so I would just ask that you would just prayerfully consider that. Prayerfully consider if God would have you, um, yeah, be a part of what he's doing in Montreal and be a part of what he's doing in Canada. Um, there's partnership forms out on my table in the showroom if you, that's what you'd like to do. Or I also have a website that you can donate through, p2c.sh slash Sarah Davies. Um, so again, if that's something that interests you, you can come talk to me later or... Um, yeah, I'd be happy to tell you more about that. Um, and again, I just really want to say thank you. Um, I actually, I couldn't do it without you guys sending me and praying for me. As I said, you guys praying for me has a rippling effect to every other person I talk with on campus. And it means the world to me to come home and just have all this love and support. So thank you for being a part of what God's doing um, in my life, but then also in Montreal. Um, okay, so the last part we're going to do, actually, I just want to share a bit about what God's been teaching me over this last year, um, and this could be handy, I don't know yet. <laughs> um, so, oh, could you go back, Jane? I went too far. I did so well. Um, so something, uh, there's been a lot of encouraging stories that are really clear by, I hope, what I've been sharing. God's very much at work in my heart and in my life and also in the lives of students in Montreal. Um, but I'm, I would also be lying if I told you this year has been amazing and wonderful. Um, it's actually been one of the hardest years personally for me, um, both within ministry, but then also just personally with my walk with God. Um, to be really honest, in the fall, I was probably the closest I've ever been to walking away from him. Um, my transition back from Denmark into Canada was a lot harder, more painful, and messier than I anticipated. Um, and it wasn't until October hit that I realized that. Um, I realized that there was expectations from my time abroad that um, hadn't been met. I was missing Ottawa and Copenhagen while also trying to embrace where God had called me in Montreal. And I was just finding that really hard. Um, I felt confused. I felt conflicted. Um, I also just was having this really strong sense of like, if God, if listening to God's voice brings me to a place of pain, I actually don't know if I want to follow him anymore, which is really hard to deal with when your job is telling people that Jesus loves them and you don't believe that truth yourself. Um, yeah, that was, I honestly felt like a hypocrite a lot of the time in the fall. Um, and it was really, really hard to deal with. Um, what brought me out of that dark time, you might be asking? Um, learning to live in remembrance, and not just through my own eyes, but through the eyes of others. Um, you see, in those darkest days, I just couldn't see any light. I was overcome by emotions, and I knew a lot of things about God. I know a lot of truths, but I knew them in my brain, but my heart was no longer registering with them, and I just wasn't, it just wasn't making sense anymore. Um, one of the ways, though, that God really showed me how he was still very much present actually was by the community that he brought into my life. Um, so the photo on the left is the staff team from Power to Change students in Quebec, both French team and English team. Um, and the picture on the right are my roommates in Montreal. Um, and I think they're the people, when I would share how hard I was finding it or how I was struggling, they were the people who opened up and were like, but Sarah, like, I see God working here. Or I see God here. And it was the community around me that allowed me to see God when I could no longer see him myself. 
And it was kind of scary being vulnerable and having to tell my coworkers, actually, <laughs> I'm having troubles believing Jesus actually is legit. <laughs> but then they told me, oh, I've been there too. And it was in that place of vulnerability and honesty that we could open up and have a true conversation and say, actually, yeah, it's hard being a Christian. It's hard being a missionary. And that's okay. And we all go through seasons where we have doubts, and it's okay. And God still loves us, and it's all right. We can support each other. We can encourage each other. Um, my mentor gave me a suggestion, actually. I brought it with me, um, of writing down um, every time I felt when I was in Montreal, when I was feeling really confused about being in Montreal, but loving Ottawa and loving Copenhagen still, she was like, just write down every time you experience something in Montreal that reminds you, like, this is why God's called me here. And so I'm actually now at 102 things, and the list is still growing. And sometimes it's like the easy things of, I was walking to my metro stop, and the snow was gently falling, because I love winter, and I felt like I was in a snow globe, and I was like, oh, God sees me. And then other times it was with conversations I had with students where I'd run into someone on campus and it was really random, but then we'd have a really deep conversation before they went on to class. And it was in those moments and those little glimpses where I was like, right, God sees me, God remembers me, and I want to write this down, and I've used it actually since moving back to Ottawa, when there's been moments where I've been like, why am I doing this, why am I going back, I should just move back to Ottawa, settle down, get a good job here. And I read this book and I'm like, no, there are way too many reasons for me to keep going. Why would I stop now? Um, and it was through writing this book, actually, and just through some different things that God's been really showing me how remembrance is important. Um, remembrance isn't new. Um, it's why we celebrate communion. Um, I'm going to read Matthew 20. Uh, I didn't get it right. Matthew, oh dear. Matthew 25, I believe. No. My page got lost. Hold on. It's the Lord's Supper. I chose the wrong page. Oh. Thanks. Ah, I should have brought my phone on stage. That's the lesson here. Don't leave your devices off stage. <laughs> uh, thanks, Dan. Um, so Matthew 26, verses 26 to 28. And as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. Um, and the first Sunday of every month, I almost thought about doing communion today, but it, I just, it didn't happen. Um, but the first Sunday of every month, we celebrate communion. We have the little plates of like little cut up pieces of white bread go around and the little cups of grape juice. And it's so much more than just like, we should do this because we're Christians. It's actually our way of remembering how God's fulfilled so many promises to us as his people. He... Um, did what he fulfilled. He brought, he brought what he fulfilled when Adam and Eve first sinned. He brought salvation. He brought forgiveness. He brought grace. It's more than just a thing of grape juice. It's reminding us of Jesus' blood that was shed. It's a reminder about how he loves us unconditionally and immensely. It's meant to be a moment of remembrance where every month we take time as a family of Christ to collectively remember what God has done for us. 
And I think that's really beautiful. And all throughout the Bible, there's moments of just seeing how people are remembering God. And I'm really grateful that I now have this book to start in my own life where I'm remembering, right, God was faithful here and I know he'll be faithful again and I can read it and go back to it. Um, so not only are my list of reasons for why I'm called to Montreal are growing, um, but I also have been trying to find other ways to live in a place of remembrance. Um, my support coach, um, who encourages me and just kind of follows along with how I'm doing with preparing to go back to Montreal, um, suggested that for certain milestones that I hit with reaching percentages, that I have um, things that I do that um, like celebrate. Um, she's so like, it could be Starbucks, it could be whatever you want. Um, but as I took some time to really think about it, I realized that I actually want to make them more meaningful than just Starbucks drinks, even though I happen to really like Starbucks. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I hit um, one third of the way to what I need, um, and I actually bought myself a new nail polish. And it's okay if you don't see it. It's like I'm also I'm wearing it, but I'm really pale, so you almost can't tell I'm wearing it as well. <laughs> um, but you might be able to tell in the photo. Um, so I actually bought a nail polish color because I want to. Whenever I wear this nail polish color, I want to wear it and remember God was faithful to get me part of the way there. He didn't get me all the way. It didn't mean he wasn't going to. But he got me part of the way there, and I want to rejoice and celebrate and say, thank you, God, for getting me a third of the way there. I know you're going to get me the rest of the way, but I want to recognize that you are faithful in the third. Um, and I'm just really grateful. It's really hard for me. I'm more of like a planner and like an end goal person. So I'm like, OK, let's just go. And God's really been teaching me the art of patience and perseverance and being willing to celebrate him in the progress and process rather than at the end. Um, and so I have some markers set for 50%, 75, and 100. And I thought about sharing them, but I'm actually going to just keep them a surprise until they happen. Um, but as we close out this morning, I actually just want to create some space for um, us each to live in remembrance. Um, I actually don't, I don't know what's going on in your lives. I don't know, um, I don't know where you're at with God. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but I just wanted to create a place where we could be be able to remember his faithfulness. So maybe you need to start thinking of a list and create a book. And start. you can start on your bulletin, or you can just start on your phone and just think through, okay, what's an area in my life where I actually need to be reminded of God's faithfulness and why he's placed me here? And you can start that list. Maybe um, you need to think of a nail polish color. I don't know. Maybe you need to think of celebration points. Maybe it's planting a new plant when X happens in your life and saying, God was faithful to do this. This is my way of honoring him. And whenever I see this plant, it's a reminder that God was faithful. And maybe he didn't get you all the way there, but he's got you part of the way and he'll continue doing it. Um, maybe God will bring to mind someone that you actually need to just share, like, you're finding it hard right now and you need to be able to be vulnerable and invite community in when you're struggling. And maybe you'll just sit and listen to the song we're about to hear. Um, but I just really hope that um, God would speak to you in this time. And if he doesn't, that's okay too. It doesn't mean that God's not here. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care about you. Um, but we're just going to listen to a song called Remembrance by Hillsong. Um, and then I'm going to pray now. And then after the song is come, done, I will also come up and pray again. So let me pray. And then once I'm done praying, Jane, you can start the video, okay? God, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank you that you are teaching me how to live in remembrance. 
Um, and Lord, I pray that as we spend these next five minutes listening to a song, Lord, I pray that um, you would speak to each person here as they need to hear from you. Lord, if it's making a list, if it's coming up with celebration points, if it's just sitting and listening and just being in your presence, God, we create this space to hear from you. Um, and I just thank you for how you've been speaking to me when I thought you weren't even there or that you didn't even care about me. So thank you for loving each of us so personally that you take the time to respond to us as we need to hear from you. Please speak to us now. Amen.
Remind me you're not fit. 